Welcome to Office Hours Beyond the Lecture. Today, we will be interviewing Kelsey Schultz. She uses she, hers, and her pronouns and has worked as a career counselor at the University of San Diego for three years. She loves storytelling and does shows with So Say We All, a literary and performing arts nonprofit in San Diego. She's always finding ways to expand her knowledge and gain passions, and she's excited to take her first improv comedy class in the next few weeks. Hello, welcome to the show today, Kelsey. Hi! It's so cool to have you on today. Thanks, I'm really excited to be here. So, can you expand on, on what you do? Sure. So, uh, um, as you mentioned before, I am a career counselor for the College of Arts and Sciences here at USD. Um, I kind of feel like I'm a jack-of-all-trades because in my role, I help students in 28 different majors uh, figure out what I like to call what the future. Um, So we do everything in direct appointments with students. Um, So usually I have about 20 to 25 appointments a week um, with students one-on-one to talk about everything from like, what the heck am I doing with my life? I have this major. Are there careers for this? Um, I'm scared of the future. I have an interview. What's a resume or cover letter? grad school, all the things in between. Um, so helping them just it, realize that they have the power to answer those own, their own questions and helping point them to resources to answer that. Um, so I have direct appointments. I also do a lot of presentations. Um, so I go into classrooms or student organizations and do different presentations on those topics. I also help plan events and do a lot of strategic initiatives with the Career Development Center to help students, again, with those questions overall. Um, And lastly, one of my favorite parts of my job is I supervise two grad assistants, so graduate students who are studying higher education leadership here and are wanting to go into the field that I'm in, so student affairs or higher ed, and I train, supervise, and evaluate them on the same role that I have, essentially, but a lot of career counseling and um, just taking initiative as leaders, as emerging professionals in the field. That's really cool. Thanks. How did you get involved in doing career counseling in the first place? Yeah, it's kind of random. Um, <laughs> I My favorite and first job that I ever had was being a resident advisor at my undergrad. So when I was in college, I was an RA, mm-hmm. and I loved that job so much. Like, I've wanted to be an, I wanted to be an RA since I was 16 because my aunt and uncle talked about it. So <laughs> when I actually got to be one and build relationships and communities and really grew as a person from that experience, I thought, wow, can I be an RA for life? <laughs> and luckily, I had a mentor who was like, ah, kind of, actually, you could do that. And so his name was Chendu, and he encouraged me to go work full-time for a couple years as a hall director um, and then go to graduate school for student affairs and higher education. Um, So basically working with college students on a college campus. Um, So after I worked in res life, so residence life as an RA and then a hall director for two years, I realized I loved students but not residence life. (laughs) So luckily learned that before grad school. And in grad school, I wanted... Um, to still be in student affairs, but to have transferable skills that could go to any functional area with students. Mm. And I thought career development was that perfect fit. Um, I also wanted more positive interactions with students, so that's also what led me there. So that's why I did an assistantship in career counseling in the career center at Bowling Green State University, where I went to grad school. Um, Loved it, thrived in it, did an academic advising practicum too, realized I was still excited about careers, and here I am. So after graduating from my master's, 
did a big job search and ended up in San Diego from Ohio. So that's how I did career counseling. And San Diego is beautiful because it's sunny. Yeah, it's not Ohio. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to find a way to help people tell their stories and tell them better um, and not make some of the mistakes that I made in my job search and realizing how valuable my mentorship was to get to that point um, and that I couldn't have done it without my mentor to be here. So I wanted to serve as one of those people and to help people find their mentors as well, but also leverage my own talents for writing and storytelling to help them, you know, progress in their careers. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. You, so you, you just mentioned, like, some of the mistakes that you made as you yeah. did your career, did your life path. So what are some of those mistakes? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So uh, I think one of the biggest mistakes was that I had an incredible mentor, and that sounds like a weird mistake to have, <laughs> um, but my mentor was my first supervisor and my best friend, and he had all the faith in me to do all the things. And while I still appreciate and believe in what he sees, um, I think that he overestimated some of what I needed to learn as well. And so, uh, which is not his fault. I just didn't have the self-awareness to recognize where my gaps were. Um, so when I did my first job search after undergrad, um, he was instrumental in that. So I actually went to a hiring conference um, in Wisconsin and because he said, you need to go to this conference and you're going to student affairs and this is what you're going to do. And I just did that, right? I didn't know there were other options. Um, but yeah, so I went to this hiring conference. I did 23 interviews in three days. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, it was too intense, right? But again, I was listening to what I was told, right? Mm -hmm. So did 23 interviews in three days, was very prepared for that. Um, and it led to four on-campus interviews. And then I had a decision. Uh, there was one opportunity in Wisconsin that I was offered. And it was the only one at the time that I was offered. And I was afraid that nothing else would come. So I, instead of waiting for the decision from the institution that I found out a week later would have hired me, um, I took the position in Wisconsin. Whoa. Yeah. And again, I don't regret that. I know that sounds kind of scattered. There's a lot of details. But essentially, I should have waited and trusted my gut that that would have worked out or that it wouldn't have and, you know, been willing to take risks. But I was so afraid that I wouldn't have choices or that I didn't know what my worth was or that you know, that it would be okay, mm -hmm. that I didn't know that I should wait. And my mentor had encouraged me to take it because he said, you don't want them to think that you don't like them if you don't take it. And it's still sound advice, but I should have listened to my own intuition first. Mm -hmm. um, and it turned out to be not a good fit. And it worked out. And I learned a lot from that first job. I really listened to what my mentor had to say. And it was valuable advice, but it wasn't the advice that my gut told me I should follow and mm -hmm. I was too afraid to trust myself and take risks and make informed risks. Um, so that's why I was like, if I had had a mentor and resources to understand what decisions I was facing in that really ambiguous and scary time, those, those are big transitions in your life, then I would have been far more successful or at least felt confident knowing what I could do instead. And I didn't trust my intuition. So... Yeah. Do you feel like that made you, in the future, trust your intuition more? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Um, almost to an extent that people start to question it. So, for example, I my dream is to move to Colorado, and part of me 
now that I have had more transitions and experiences, I can make informed, very informed decisions about why that is. But there's also just that quiet part of me that's like, someday you are going to live there. And a lot of people don't understand that, but I do, and I feel confident in trusting it. And it kind of is unnerving for other people. Huh. Yeah. But I'm okay with it because I'm like, it might not make sense to you, but that's okay. And um, and that's actually what led me to San Diego, too, because I had another offer in Chicago. It was great, but it just didn't feel right. And I was like, I can do this. And despite my roommate freaking out and saying, how could you? What? Like, you're passing up a job offer and you don't know if one will come. I said, I would rather take the chance at another opportunity than say yes to something and lose that. Mm-hmm. Not always the case, but in this case, it was. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge life lesson that you learned. Yeah, and I think that's what informs my approach as a career counselor. So half the time, I, I, my philosophy is that students already have the answers. They just need to trust those answers or find better questions to seek them and, and mm-hmm. understand it or maybe use a tool to get to that deeper truth. Um, and some of them are very uninformed, and that's okay too, uh, but I help them with that as well. So I, I want to help each student feel empowered to make that they know that they are the most qualified and only qualified person to make decisions for their life, um, but that they can do it better or with more informed information or tools. And I'm just a partner with them in making that decision. How was your relationship with students changed? Yeah. So luckily as an RA, I, most of my interactions were positive. So that is what I was hoping to get back to. It was as a hall director. So oh. that full-time position when I had to do conduct cases and um, it was a very intense situation that I was in like it just uh it was a campus with a lot of conduct issues or the area that I was in um and because it was a very small institution they didn't have a lot of resources so I would be the one driving students to the ER and answering phone calls from police and walking through the hallways and doing drug cases or helping students who had been sexually assaulted directly in the moment as a first responder and a follow-up reporter so either I saw the students who were superstar super leaders or really, really tough situations. And most of the time, you know, students aren't just coming, weren't coming to my office to hang out or to say hello or because they wanted to is because they had to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the transition from hall director to career counselor has definitely been that case. Most students, you know, I'm, most students are not mandated to come and meet with me as mm-hmm. a career counselor. They almost a hundred percent of them have had like I chose to make this appointment, either maybe my mom forced me to do it, but like I am here um, and I can meet them where they are. And it's usually about hope building, trust building, action stepping and getting them to that next place that they want to be. That makes sense. Yeah. What's the defining moment for you as a career counselor? I think I've had a lot of defining moments. That's what's really hard. So (laughs) luckily, you know, every conversation with a student is a unique space. Um, I would say some of my favorite moments are... I've also had experiences where I supervise students, so whether it's, you know, grad assistants or front desk workers or we had a career ambassador program here at USD two years ago. Um, I would say my most impactful experiences were with those students that I supervised because I met with them almost weekly, one-on-one to talk about the job and how they're doing and develop, like really intentionally develop them as a supervisor, but also got at those bigger life career questions, right? Like in the process. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would say one of them, for example, is like, just seeing how much she's grown in her confidence from sophomore to senior. She's applying to law school. She's like taking these next steps. And before she wasn't sure where she was going or what that looked like. And 
just seeing her eyes light up with light bulbs every time we have a conversation. And I feel like I learn something from her too every time. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just really cool to have those closer relationships with students. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of defining moments in every single student that you've ever worked with. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes a resume critique is just a resume critique. (laughs) Um, It's never, like, there are some days, but there are, I mean, yeah, it's hard to capture. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wish that I, like, you know, there's so many, uh, but that's why, yeah, like, I would definitely say most of them are in an appointment setting, Mm -hmm. um, and usually with folks that I've supervised, because they, we just got to have that impactful relationship and really see something happen. Was there a moment for you, you were talking about your uh, mentor and your journey as an RA and then, a, and then a supervisor, but was there a moment for you that clicked of, this is what I want to do, like, th- I want to be a career counselor? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, all the time, yes. Um, so, again, I had that first click when I was an RA, and I was oh. like, I want to do this forever, um, and then I was scared because I felt like it went away when I was a hall director, and I was like, oh my gosh, like what? Like, I thought I wanted this and now I'm here and it's terrible. Ah, you know, like, or this isn't what I expected or wanted. Um, but I sat with that quiet fear and just listened to it more closely. And it told me like, you still are called to students. This is what you were meant to do. It's just not in this role or this place. And so uh, that first click happened right before grad school. Mm-hmm. Then in grad school, I was a grad assistant at a career count- at the career center there. And I was doing a presentation about interviewing. And it was with this huge sorority that had just invited me in. And a lot of them were teachers. And they said, hi, like, we want to practice interviewing, all this stuff. Um, and I don't know what it was, but after giving them a layout and forcing them to do an activity where they had to practice practicing their pitch mm-hmm. and hearing them reflect afterwards, I just thought, I know how to tell people's stories really well. Oh my gosh. Like, mm-hmm. and I get to do this every day and <laughs> I get to do it in a resume because I'd also had a resume appointment that day. They were talking about like how big and scary they were, um, or they gave me a really rough draft and I can make it really cool sounding mm-hmm. without trying that hard and still sounding like them. And they were like, oh, and just seeing their confidence and power and just seeing my talents in practice was so cool. Um, so yeah, those, that, that one presentation, and like kept going. I was like, okay, I, I could do this for a very long time. I don't know if it's my forever, but it's definitely a right now. This makes the most sense to me. That makes sense. Yeah. What made you want to go to grad school? My mentor. Uh, so to go into higher education in any capacity working with students, you're eventually going to need a master's degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew that that was going to be the case, but I really just went to grad school, frankly, because I was following a template. Um, my mentor was like, first you're going to work for two years full time and then you'll go to grad school and here's what you're going to do. And I said, okay, and I will do that. (laughs) And I did. And luckily, luckily it worked out. And luckily, you know, again, he knew me well enough to know that that is, would be a good fit for me. I do wish that again, I'd had another voice that had told me like, yes, and right. You can do other things too. Right. Or yes. And you get to make this decision. Why is this the best one or not? And Think of other possibilities, too, so that that you can get just as excited about. That makes sense. Yeah. What does being a career counselor, mentor, what does that mean to you? I think what being a career counselor means to me is making every person that I talk to know that they're not alone and that they matter and that they belong to themselves and to the people that they choose to be a part of. Um, Because... 
I can do that every day. Like, even if that student doesn't get the job that they wanted, or I have a cranky student who's just like, fix my resume, and we have to, like, (laughs) check on their expectations, right? Like, we all have those days. Um, What being a career counselor means to me is, again, helping every person feel like they matter, they belong, and that they're destined to change the world, even if it's just saving themselves. So I, every single appointment, whenever a student leaves, I tell them, keep me posted, change the world, and, like, that's it, right? Like, I just tell them, like, the only things I need from you are to keep me posted and change the world, <laughs> right? And I <laughs> that's, think, a, that's a pretty big... Right, and they usually laugh, but it's true. Like, I might not be... I don't think anybody can change the world in one day or just by one thing. It's a collective, right? So if I'm going to change the world by helping that student get over their fear or set boundaries with mom or actually put in the application for that role that does change lives, great. Um, And again, even if it's just change in their life, that's what matters. So you talked about some of the challenges that you had as coming um, to be a, a career counselor. Are there any more challenges or misconceptions maybe that you had when you came into this job? Sure. So I think, well, I think a lot of the misconceptions come from um, other folks, actually. So, I mean, Mm. I think sometimes, well, uh, I do tend to not say that I'm a career counselor when I'm outside of work uh, because every everyone from a Lyft driver to my neighbor will say, what do you do? And I'll say, I work with students. They're like, oh, and if they don't pry further, I won't get into it. Because if I say I'm a career counselor, I can expect three things. One, they're going to give me all sorts of their opinions about what the value of a liberal arts degree and how useless it was for them or uh, that they think the world is their all their values about higher education that I really don't care about, frankly, because mm-hmm. I'm in a lift and I'm trying to go to the grocery store, <laughs> right? Um, that. Or I will get can you talk, look at my resume or talk to my granddaughter who's looking at this resume? And I am on a hike, ma'am. I'm not interested in doing some resume critiques with you today. Yeah. Um, or they try and challenge my credibility and ask, like, do you know how much this person makes or what this industry is? Or mm-hmm. ask for basically a philosophy statement, which is fine. I'm just not interested, right, when, when I'm in a grocery store. Yeah. Um, I'm, just, I'm just trying to... Like, get my groceries. I'm not trying to be a career counselor for you um, or justify my life to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I would say, lastly, um, the other misconceptions that inside work are sometimes most faculty are really supportive and want to jump in. But because of their interactions, a lot of faculty have only been in academia. So they don't have a conception of what careers outside of it might look like. Or they do, but they are skeptical for good reason. Um, but I think they'll make assumptions about what we're trying to accomplish in our appointments. And it's not really about, like, I want you to earn a high salary or this or that. I try and guide the appointment based on what the students' values are and interests are. Mm-hmm. Um so I think, yeah, it's really just trying to work with partners who don't understand or and building that awareness so that we can be better collaborators um, and to understand their concerns so that I'm not perpetuating things that they uh, th- that are genuine concerns and real things. Mm-hmm. So I think those were some concerns I had walking in, and I, it's a constant learning process. Have you changed your focus ever? Have you thought that you wanted to be something else? <sighs> well, I don't think I ever... Even though I said that those moments clicked where I thought, I know I want to work with college students and I know that I'm meant to make a difference and in some capacity do storytelling, 
I'm still figuring out what my other paths could be. Mm-hmm. Everyone in my office keeps saying, go get a PhD because I love being a nerd, right? Like I love student development theory. I love writing and creating lesson plans, but I don't think I actually want to be a professor and teach. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not a structure that speaks to me and the hustle of academia eh, like not my jam I'm gonna be a nerd no matter where I am I don't need a PhD to do it mm. um, so I think the only other life paths that I have explored so far is some version of consulting but more in like organizational excellence so like how are we doing what we're doing and how can we do it better um, particularly with strategic partnerships um, or something to do with Clifton strengths which is something through Gallup about like a personal assessment you can take and a lot of research from Gallup comes out of it. Our office does do that assessment with students and with groups. We're rolling it out next year, so stay tuned. Um, We do currently offer the assessment. It's just not standardized out there yet. Um, But so something to do with strengths in some capacity, whether it's working for Gallup or not. Um, But lastly, the most, when I was a kid, I used to say I wanted to grow up and work on a horse ranch and write children's books. I don't think I want to write children's books anymore, but I do see myself writing and mm-hmm. keeping writing. So some capacity of storytelling. And this is the closest I've found so far that still makes sense to me and gives me the benefits that I was looking for. Mm. So what does your typical day look like then? Like- yeah, most of my day is appointments. Um, mm-hmm. So I have about 45 appointments a day. They're 45 minutes scheduled, but really they're an hour. <laughs> um, so about five hours of appointments a day. Um, other than that, it's a lot of meetings. So either it's a staff meeting or a planning meeting or a counseling working session, like with our counseling team, mm-hmm. uh, or one-on-ones with the grad assistants that I'm supervising. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of meetings. So that or covering an event. Um, so going to check in or just sit in when faculty have a great event that they want attendance at. Um, or doing a presentation. So it's either event coverage, presentations, appointments, or meetings. That's basically my life. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like a lot of fun and a lot of diversity. It is. That's why I like every day is different. Um, I will always have a full inbox. So that's also a part of my life is email management, especially from students that I'm following up with or have questions. But it's that I love the variety and it keeps every day interesting. And again, every student I meet with is different too. That's really cool. Do you have any advice for somebody who wants to be a career counselor? Sure. Um, I don't meet a lot of people who want to be a career counselor. Um, So if they do, they probably have a better idea of what it looks like. Um, But uh, I would say if somebody wants to be a career counselor, and this is true for also any psych major that's thinking about, I want, or any person who's like, I want to help people. I'm like, great, accountants help people. Mm -hmm. How do you want to help people? What does that look like? Um, so if someone wants to be a career counselor, I would say, um, what mission is pulling you, right? And, uh, and that's informed by your values, what drew you to the field, what difference you want to make. Um, and I'd also say, what populations are you most passionate about? Like what different, again, what does that difference look like? And does that difference have a face or a name? Does it have a community that's behind it? Because that can also... you know, guide you into your educational paths or what roles you're looking for, what organizations, because you can be a career counselor in a lot of different capacities. Um, So yeah, what difference do you want to make? Who does that look like for you? And um, then what educational paths do you need to get there? And how can we help you get there? Because it's a pretty intimate and supportive community. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. And thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I really appreciate you sharing your life. Thank you for all the listeners today uh, listening to Office Hours Beyond the Lecture. I hope to see you in the next podcast.